The 2023 Indianapolis Colts will have yet another different starting quarterback in addition to this season, a new head coach, and some mystery at running back. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports center by George Bremer of the Herald Bulletin. And, George, always good to have you. Let's start with Jonathan Taylor. New head coach Shane Steichen said on Sunday that Taylor should return to camp this week, which seems to be kind of a vague comment. Uh, George, what's going on with the Colts and Taylor? Nothing good. I mean, it's been, you know, been pretty much a standoff uh, since the day everyone reported to camp. Uh, and there's not been a lot of detail out there. You know, he's been off-site the past week, uh, apparently rehabbing the same ankle injury that, that cost him six games last year, uh, which is concerning in and of itself. Uh, if, you know, if that's more a health situation or it's more involved with contract standoff, uh, remains to be seen. But either way, uh, it just doesn't seem like the two sides are coming that much closer together. Uh, even in this instance, with uh, Coach Lycan saying, that JT is going to be back this week. They don't have an exact date. They don't know, you know, exactly when it's going to happen. They have just three practices left in training camp in Westfield. The last two are with the Bears on Wednesday and Thursday, uh, and they don't know if he'll be on the field. That still needs medical clearance. Uh, it's it's been an ugly situation. Uh, you know, him coming back into training camp is probably something of a step forward. But at this point, there's still no end to this this. You know, standoff in sight. Yeah, are we past the point where this is like, a, you know, obviously there's a lot of drama here. Could this just become a, a season-long issue, or you know, you know, how do we? You know, I know you just tried to describe it there, but from afar, it seems to be highly confusing. Oh, it's even up close. It's highly confusing. There's, there's no question about that. Uh, it, it escalated very quickly from a situation that seemed like. Uh, there might be a little bit of tension because, you know, the running back market is what it is uh, to, you know, where there was basically an elementary school fight, a food fight going on uh, on social media for a while between the owner and, and Taylor's agent. And, uh, you know, where this ends remains to be seen. At this point, both sides are, are pretty dug in in their respective positions. The Colts are saying they're not going to trade him. They're also not going to talk extension with him right now. Uh, Taylor's been saying that you know he wants some assurances before he gets back out there on the field, puts his body at risk. He wants some assurances beyond this season. There's a deadline obviously coming up for both of them, September 10th, with that that week one game against Jacksonville. And I guess we'll see you know who's willing to budge. They they both have something to lose. Obviously the Colts want Taylor out there. They want him to be able to help develop their rookie quarterback, uh, give him some different looks from defenses, all the things he can bring to the offense. And Taylor's going to have to weigh you know the does the risk of playing this year on the final year of your rookie contract, is that more worth it than, than sitting out and you know trying to find out how teams see you a year from now, especially with the questions around that ankle and you know, can he get back to being the player he was in 2021? The perception of owner Jim Irsay, what, what is it from the players? I mean, I'm probably not talking on the record about that, but in the fan base, does it even matter? Yeah, I mean, the fan base is upset right now, as you can imagine. But it's it's interesting because they've been split. You know, you've got people who are saying uh, that running backs should just understand that they don't make any money and, you know, that they should be grateful for what they do get, which I think is funny because I imagine you don't take that approach in your own job. I don't. I know that. Uh, and then you've got another side saying, you know, hey, this is ridiculous. Just, just get him in here. You know, mend this. Find a way to fix this situation. 
which you would think should be possible. I don't know if it is now, as far down the road they've gotten, but uh, you know, we've seen other situations like this eventually come around. For a long time, it looked like Lamar Jackson wasn't going to suit up anymore in Baltimore, and they were able to find a compromise and, and make that happen. Saquon Barkley went through, you know, his drama with the Giants. Uh, this is just a massive distraction on the outside. I will say, from the players' standpoint, you don't really sense a lot of it out there at camp. I think part of that is this is sort of a selfish time of year. You know, you're you're working on you. You're trying to you're yeah. either trying to make the team, you're trying to be a starter, you're trying to be a Pro Bowler, whatever your personal goal is. Uh, but as the regular season gets closer and closer, I think you're going to start to see it become a, a bigger distraction to the team. George Bremer of the Herald Bolton, currently in the sports zone as we preview the Colts. When Taylor was healthy before he was injured last season, he was running behind an offensive line that was highly thought of before the season, but not that good last season. Was that group overrated? And do you think that group will play better this season? Play better. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest question marks they've got. I mean, Taylor stuff has overshadowed most of the camp. When you've got a rookie quarterback in Anthony Richardson, who may or may not start the season, whenever he's out there, his development is incredibly impacted by by the play of the offensive line. I think that's pretty obvious to, to anybody. You know, if they can't – and first-year head coach in Shane Steichen, who's trying to install his program, install the way he wants to do things, if, they've, if they can't get consistent play up front, none of that's going to work. It won't matter who the running back is. The development of the quarterback is going to suffer. The install of the offense is going to suffer. They have right now – uh, a lot of faith in, in their new offensive line coach, Tony Sperano Jr., who seems to have come in, taken a very hands-on, details-oriented uh, approach that, that the players have really responded to. I think they feel like the health of the offensive line, both mentally and physically, is better than it was a year ago. Uh, but, you know, the bottom line is they need guys like Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly and Braden Smith, who are the the anchors of this unit, to get back to, to the style of play that they had from 2018 through, you know, 2020, uh, where they were all at or near a Pro Bowl level and were the leaders of this group. If those three get back on track and you get a second-year leap from Bernard Ryman at left tackle, they could make a big improvement right away. If it looks at all like it did a, a year ago, I think it will sink everything else they're trying to do. Back to Steichen. I mean, this is a you know first-year head coach, and I've got all this drama with owner ownership and the organization and Taylor. How's he handled that? Do you think? And uh, also, uh, if it wasn't for the Taylor thing, I'd be asking pretty much first with Steichen. I assume he's going to be the play caller uh, in his first year as a head coach. Yeah, he's going to call the plays. Uh, he's been remarkably calm through all of this. You wonder how a first-year head coach is kind of deal with it. Uh, he's just kind of taking that approach that, that all the coaches do. You know, I can only coach the guys that are here, and my job is, is to coach the team and, and not to worry about anything else. There was one practice in particular where he was kind of in the back of the end zone chatting very amiably with Taylor uh, while the other guys were warming up. So there's, there's no, you know, that's not where Johnson's fight is. There, there doesn't seem to be any animosity between Taylor and, and the head coach or between Taylor and his teammates. It's obviously the front office that, that he's got, you know, the issues with right now. And Steichen's just been kind of rolling with the punches. I think he's excited a little bit by the the chance to work with Richardson. I mean, everybody's brought up the Jalen Hurts comparisons and the style of play. Uh, and I think really all of his focus has been on trying to get this offense built around that rookie. Uh, and again, I think it's one of those things that it'll be interesting to see 
how that mindset changes as you know we get closer and closer to, to week one and games that count. Okay, so let's get into that a little bit. Steichen, obviously the offensive coordinator of Philadelphia, mentioned the Hurts thing. They, you know, they became NFC champion, uh, you know, NFC champions. Uh, you know, the they have an offensive, they have an elite offensive line in Philadelphia. They have receiving uh, playmakers in those spots. Uh, what's a realistic expectation for Colts quarterback Anthony Richardson, who was more of a runner than an accurate thrower at the University of Florida? Yeah, I think right now it's, there's growing pains, and I think that's something everybody in the organization has kind of acknowledged from the moment they drafted him fourth overall, that there might be more bad than good this year. Uh, a lot of that comes down to what's around him as well. I mean, he's, he's only got 13 starts since he was a high school senior. 14 counting, you know, the, the quarter he played Saturday uh, in preseason. So you're talking about a guy that still needs a lot of polish, and they understand that. I think they want to get him out there as quick as possible. They feel like he's going to learn more on the field, uh, and it's going to pay more dividends down the road that way than, than necessarily watching for the bench uh, because he's shown command of the huddle. He's shown he can pick up the offense quickly. Uh, he's shown he's a highly intelligent guy with a really strong work ethic. I think those things, he's won over the locker room. Uh, those things make them confident right now, and at least you know putting him 1A with Gardner Minshew. Uh, but again, I think so much is out of his control. He's going to have to, to be a more consistent passer. He's going to have to be more consistent in everything he does to make this offense work. But he's going to need protection up front. They're going to need to open up running lanes for him and whoever the running back is. They're going to need a big jump in year two from Alec Pierce. They're going to need Michael Pittman to play like a guy on a contract year and step up. There's a lot of work to do. And I think the overall feeling is it's kind of an evaluation year. They're going to find out if they've got some dudes and, and you know, what they can build around here for, for years to come. So do you think Richardson will be the week one starter in Jacksonville? I think that's what they would like to see happen. I don't think they're going to hand it over, uh, but I think it's kind of telling that, that he started this, this first preseason game. Uh, obviously, Gardner Minshew knows the system. He knows Shane Steichen been there in Philadelphia the last few years with him. Uh, they feel like they can go in and, and play with him if they need to. But I think if you're going to put everybody in that building on a lie detector, uh, they absolutely want the outcome to be that, that Anthony Richardson starts from, from day one. Meanwhile, the defense last year without uh, stud linebacker Shaquille Leonard, and, and they also lost corner Kenny Moore for about a third of the season. They're both back. What are the expectations for those two in the defense this year? Uh, defense is sort of in the same boat as the offense. They've got more experience at those two key positions that you just mentioned, and they've got a really good anchor up front with DeForest Buckner and, and Grover Stewart. But we've got a lot of young pass rushers right now who are competing to, to start on the edge, uh, and there's not a lot of proven production there. Guys like Quiddy Pay and Dio Dangbo have flashed at moments. Uh, they feel good about them when they're healthy, but they haven't been able to stay healthy for a full season yet. Uh, and then you've got some other guys like Taekwon Lewis, Samson Ebukam, who are veterans who kind of fill in in that role. Secondary is, is full of rookies and second-year undrafted free agents. Uh, the, the, those cornerback spots on the outside are, are wide open. They've been you know, in constant competition, rotation there, just trying to figure out who the two starters are going to be. That's a bad combination in this league. You know, with, without a proven pass rush and with an inexperienced secondary, uh, that could lead to, to some really long afternoons. Now, Shaq being back, being in pads, making his debut on Saturday, those are all good signs. 
But I think him and Kenny Moore have got a lot of work to do as leaders of this really young and inexperienced defense. We're previewing the, uh, previewing the Colts with uh, George Bremer of the Herald Bulletin. Okay, the Colts in free agency, uh, you know, they spend money. They had kicker Matt Gay, four years, $22.5 million, but their special teams coach, Bubba Ventrone, uh, he left for Cleveland. Uh, should we assume that the Colts special teams, other than Gay, might decline some this season? Yeah, I mean, I think Ventrone did a great job here. It was probably the most consistent unit on this team in the six years that he was here. Uh, you know, and so I think there's going to be a really big hill to climb there. Brian Mason is his first time NFL special teams coordinator. Did a really good job last year at Notre Dame, but this is obviously a different level. Uh, you've got some familiar faces back there, which I think is good for him in terms of uh, Gunners and, you know, some of the other guys. Hunter Rigoberto Sanchez is back, which is a really big step forward for this team after the torn Achilles last year that, that cost him the entire season. Uh, but I think that's another – it feels like that's the theme for this team this year. Uh, everything is in flux. Everything is being evaluated, and everything's filled with young faces who are, you know, they're trying to find out what they've got. Okay, so in flux. Uh, the Colts' consensus win total is 6.5, over under 6.5 wins in 2023. I would say under. You know, I, I think it's going to be in, likely, in all likelihood four, five, six win season. Uh, I think their hope is that as they as they go through the year, they're better, you know, in December than they were in November, uh, and maybe there at the end they they look like a team that can compete next year. Uh, but they know this is going to be a, a growing pain season, uh, and there's a lot of work to be done. And I think you saw it even you know tied any of the game on Saturday, uh, interception early from Anthony Richardson. He did a good job bouncing back, finishing well, uh, but the offense as it did a year ago struggled in short yardage struggled uh, with penalties in the red zone, shot itself in the foot, and kept them off off the scoreboard while the first team was out there. I think you're going to see a lot of that this year. And the hope is that, uh, you know, again, as the season goes on, they're able to clean up some of those mistakes and, and get better, you know, with each passing week. Last up, how do you handicap the AFC South? I think it's got to be Jacksonville's division to lose at this point. I mean, the way they finished last year, Trevor Lawrence being the best quarterback in the, in the division, uh, you know, I think they're coming in. It's got to be them as the favorite. Tennessee seems like they're kind of in a maybe last gas, go for it kind of mode. You know, they, they're getting ready to transition to, to whatever's next, but it looks like they want to make one more run here with Ryan Tannehill uh, and, and see if they can catch the Jaguars. And then I think Houston's in a very similar position to Indianapolis right now, just starting over with a new head coach, a rookie quarterback, and trying to lay the foundation for the next few years there. George, this is great. I appreciate it as always. Thanks, and uh, good luck with the drama. No problem. Thanks a lot. Our pleasure. George Bremer of the Herald Bulletin.